Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. Of the Run to Daylight podcast. I'm your host, Todd Burroughs, and I'm doing a solo pod today. And not only a solo pod, but I am going to be doing a solo series on what I find to be one of the least talked about, but yet in many leagues, vitally important subjects that relates to fantasy football, and that is trading. So I'm going to digress a little bit and give you a little bit of my history. Uh, but first, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Todd, T-O-D, from PA. And you can check me out on Twitter if you say that you saw the pod, uh, listen to the pod, something with the pod. Um, I will certainly follow you back, and thank you for doing so. Um, you can also find the podcast on iTunes if you're kind enough to like what you hear today and you want to subscribe to the future episodes and rate the pod, that would be greatly appreciated. You can also find my podcast on ffcouchcoach.com, the home of Dynasty League free information. Lots of great stuff always going on at ffcouchcoach.com. And hopefully soon another media outlet, Daily Roto Sharks, we are in discussions for me. Uh, for my podcast to be hosted there. So now to talk a little bit about my favorite subject, which, you know, tends to be me. And uh, But all kidding aside, I think it's important that you get a little bit of my history and how I kind of came into trading. This is episode one of what's going to be anywhere from a three to maybe five or six point um podcast series. I thought about actually writing articles, but anyone who knows me knows I really don't like doing articles. Writing doesn't come that easy to me. Um, I'm not saying that I won't write articles based on these pods at some point or maybe even a book if I think it makes sense to do so. Um, But again, I grew up in the 70s and we didn't have quite all the distractions that you younger folks have And I'd sit around and dream about, most people thought about being the center fielder on the Yankees or a pitcher on the Yankees. I thought about being the general manager. I was always fascinated by both the NFL, NBA, and uh, minor league baseball, and trades was always something that really interested me. And I would kind of have this notebook where I would make up teams and make trades, and of course, I always won because I was essentially trading with myself. But I would think about trading and trading theory, and I got a chance to put it into effect when I started with fantasy football. And I 
was very good at trading. And then I got into a hobby called simulation football, which basically, if you're an old-time kid like me, we played Stratomatic and APBA growing up. And they have leagues now where games like that, where you can simulate what happened and you can trade. So uh, Action PC Football is the game that I kind of made my bones with and really honed a lot of what I'm going to share with everyone in this series. And a lot of what worked there will work in fantasy. It has worked in fantasy. A lot of the theories that I had put into practice in fantasy, I took to the simulation world and I was one of the better GMs, if not the best one, for a lot of years before I kind of got bored of that. And we would build whole teams, including uh, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, and then the, the software would actually run the games after you drafted and traded these teams. So that's kind of how I got all this information together, and it's something that... Um, at one point in this series, I will give you the definition of a bad trade and uh, kind of one of the highlights of my trading history, that definition. So um, keep, keep that um, in mind. So that's the basic introduction. So some of the points we're going to cover in episode one, the introduction to the series. Rule, you know, uh, we're going to talk about We'll just go into the ne the first rule instead of giving you all of them. The next one is I do want to talk a little bit more about how you can find great information out there on just about every other part of fantasy football. But if you go on Amazon, there's one book that talks about trading, and most of the major websites just don't cover it. It's just not something that is covered. So... I'm hoping to be able to share what I know. It's something that has always been the best part of my game. And I know that a lot of the bigger leagues now don't allow trading, but there are still plenty of opportunities in leagues and dynasty where trading is very valuable. So I'm going to uh, get into uh, a few things, and one of them will be uh, I'll cover the, the next point I was going to make when we get there. All right. So what's the first rule? Rule number one. Rule number one is kind of a quick bit of a backstory. You do hear trading on, let's say, if you call up Sirius 87 or a local radio station that has a fantasy show, they will have trading. And on Twitter, a lot of times, you'll get um, one of those polls where someone says, who do you like better, John or Joe? And my, my first thought is, I can't answer that question because I don't know the rules of your league. So the first thing to know, and it's the same thing before you draft, before you do anything, you need to know the rules of your league, the scoring, because one of the key parts of this whole series is about value. And you can't know value if you don't know what things are worth. It would be like if someone gave you a lot of money and you didn't know what a $1 bill was worth or a $5 bill was worth. How would you know what to trade? Should I trade that $5 bill for the $1 bill? Well, we all know now you should. But if there was some kind of scoring system out there where $1 bills were worth 
well, then that would be a horrible trade, trading your five for your one. So know the scoring of your league. Get the ins and outs. That's one thing that there's plenty of information out there. I happen to be a member of Rotoviz. I happen to be a member of 4 for 4. I happen to be a member of Guru Report. I've also tried a lot of other really good sites out there where you can get good information and um they have apps where that you know you can kind of uh figure out what everyone is worth based on you know the scoring system. For instance, I'm in one league and it's a one running back start league. Well, I'm not crazy about zero running back, um, although I'm doing more of it this year. But in a one running back start league, I mean, it's asinine not to do zero uh, running back and draft a bunch of them late. I did that last year in those leagues and did very, very well. So know the rules, know your scoring. The second thing I'm going to talk about, and you're going to probably, by the end of this episode, wonder why I've gone through a bunch of these things, but I think they're all very, very important and need to be discussed. The second thing that I'm going to talk about here is the mental game of being a successful trader. What do you hope to accomplish when you go into a trade situation? You need to know that. You need to know what you're hoping to accomplish because I guarantee you if you're trading with me, I know what I'm hoping to accomplish. So if you just go in and start talking about trading um, with some guy, some shark like me who knows and is prepared to trade, it would be like showing up for your draft with a magazine in this day and age when everyone else has Rotoviz and 4 for 4 and knows about zero running back and all the other things. You've greatly reduced the chances of success. So know what you're hoping to get, and know what you're going to try and get out of this series. And what do I mean by that? Well, I'm going to try and teach you to do what I'm able to do. And history has shown me in the simulation hobby, a lot of guys would ask me, well, teach me how to trade like you do. And I would try, and, and it wasn't always successful. Um, so what you have to establish, first of all, is what kind of trader are you? I'm an aggressive trader. I want to make a lot of trades. Some people just aren't built that way. There are some things that I'm going to teach you in, this, um, in these uh, podcasts that you might not feel comfortable doing or find morally ambiguous. Um, I definitely have gotten a lot of negative feedback over the years for some of the deals that I made because people complain that they're not fair. And I'll just tell you, you know, look, I think if you put your money into a league and you're responsible to make a good trade, it's not my responsibility to make sure you make a good trade. But not everyone feels that way. So know what kind of trader you are and what kind of trader you want to be. And that's what I mean by the mental game. You have to know what you are and what you're hoping to get out of this series. Um, If nothing else, you might say, well, I'm not going to be an aggressive trader like Todd. It's not my personality. A lot of these things he's outlined, it's just not me. But you can still learn a lot by 
kind of more of a defensive thing, right? You know, it's like learning if, you know, if you consider traders who are really good at trading sharks or robbers or, you know, they're coming to try and steal your gold. Well, you might not want to be a guy like that going around trying to make great deals, but you certainly don't want to be the fish who gets taken during the trade. So you can either learn to be more like me and be an aggressive trader or you can learn some tips to protect yourself from people who might want to make you a bad trade, you know, have you make a bad trade. So that's what I wanted to cover. Not all of this might be for you, but I'm going to put it all out there in this series. So I'm going to take a short sip of water and we'll go on to the next point. Okie doke. Um, the next point, the social game. Or how to use social skills to set up yourself for potential winning trades while still being a genuine human being. Robbery allowed, but not assault and battery. All right, so what do I mean by that? One of the ways that I've been able to make really good trades over the years is by getting to know people. And it's kind of a dual-purpose thing. So what do I mean while still being a genuine human being? I can like you as a human being and, and, and care about your life and l like getting to know you and what players you like and things of that nature. But in the back of my head, if I can think that I'm going to make a trade that's going to take advantage of you, I'm going to do it. And it, if you think that general managers in sports don't do this part of it, they do. Whenever you see hard knocks, you always see the GM on the phone, and they're talking and chit-chatting and getting to know each other. And what I'm going to say to you is that is the biggest thing that you can do to put yourself in a position to make good trades, both the rip-off deal and every other kind of deal, because you're not going to get the rip-off deal every time. I mean, if someone is dumb enough to give you, um, you know, uh, let's say Lamar Miller for, you know, Matt Forte at this point in his career, you're going to make that deal and you're not going to feel bad about it or you shouldn't because it's not your job to make them do a good deal. So back to the social game. One of the key points I want to make here is where do you find most trading? I found that when I had a home league, with a bunch of friends, we made way more trades than I do with a bunch of guys I barely know on the Internet. <clears throat> so if you're a commissioner of a league or you're in a league where you have no social interaction, suggest to the commissioner that everyone get an instant messaging account or go on Twitter and DM each other. Talking to the other people in your league is crucial to making trades. For a variety of reasons, we'll go into some of those um, in other parts of the series. But definitely, the first part is get to know the guys in the league. Get to know what their favorite team is. One of the easiest ways to make a good trade, you know, it's nice if someone offers you Matt Forte for Lamar Miller. You just say, okay, and you push click and you, and you got the trade. 
Um, but finding value, one of the easiest ways is sometimes smart people either have a different evaluation of a player that you do or has a favorite team or a bias that you can manipulate and take advantage of. Cowboy fans are notorious for this. You find a cowboy fan, and, 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 my, and as soon as I hear someone's a cowboy fan, my eyes light up. Why? Because they tend to be more passionate, especially the ones that aren't from Texas. You know, they, they all tend to be loud, kind of obnoxious guys and very boastful about their cowboys. And, boy, if you're sitting with Des Bryant or Ezekiel Elliott, um, you might get a really good trade. You might get a good trade for Cole Beasley. So that's one thing. The second thing, and this is one of the key rules of trading for me, and it was the first lesson I learned. I'm a Giant fan, but I remember early on in my career, I had picked up Tiki Barber so cheap, but I was trying to win a championship. And this is when Tiki really took off with thunder and lightning, and I had him for a buck in an auction league. And I think my second year, I ended up trading him to, to win uh, the championship because I got such a good deal and it sucked not having Tiki on my team, but I won the championship. I, I think the first prize was like 800 bucks. And so if you have a bias, you might want to get more out of this series about being defensive and keeping in mind that if you let people know who you like, and what team is your favorite team, you're opening a door that someone can get in and take advantage of you because you're going to naturally rate those people higher in your mind because you like them. It's human nature. So one of the most important things I can tell you about trading is not to have any favorites. You might have the best player. You might have Antonio Brown and think there's no way you'll ever trade Antonio Brown. But you know what? If someone offers me Odell Beckham and one or two other valuable parts and Beckham's almost as good as Brown, I don't care if I'm a Steeler fan. I'm trading Brown because I'm going to be a better – I'm going to have better teams for having made that trade. So the first rule – of, of of trading the deep rules of trading is everyone is a chess piece if you think of them as anything more or think of it more maybe like checkers right checkers are all the same even though they have different ah, chess is better they all have different values you know and you most of the time would never trade your queen but if your queen could take uh, open you up to get a checkmate and and if they take your queen, you're going to checkmate them the next move. You're going to sacrifice your queen. So, you know, everyone is always tradable on all my teams, but you're going to have to pay the price. And the more I like someone, the more the price is going to be. So um, that is a little bit about the social games. And I do want to finish up with, you know, one of the big accusations someone could probably make to this is, well, you know, you're just being friendly under false circumstances. Not really. I like people. I mean, I'm in sales. My job is to sell things. Does that mean that, you know, I'm going to rob someone in sales? No, it's a little bit different because that's real, you know, that's that's different. 
But when we're talking about here is fantasy football. We're talking about, you know, we're not talking about taking someone's wife, cheating on your spouse, robbing someone, pistol whipping someone. You know, we're talking about making a bad trade or, or inducing others to make a bad trade. So some people, that's what I mean. Some people will find that morally not acceptable to them. Me, you put your money in. We're competing. I'm trying to be a general manager like I wanted to be when I was a kid, and I just don't have qualms about making a good trade at your expense. But I can still like you. I could still, you know, enjoy our conversations, but I'm going to try and make a good trade also. So that's what I meant by... Being, you can be a genuine human being and like people and still want to make a good fantasy football trade. So that covers it for the social game. The next thing we're going to cover is the ins and outs of making a first offer. Um, hopefully you set some of this up with your social game and you found out what the other guy is interested in and you can offer him things. But one of the things I always say is you got to prove that you deserve a good offer. Now, bad offers can go from really bad and insulting to, you know, just pretty one-sided to anything in between. And the key is you don't want to put your best offer on the table right out of the gate. I think everyone should be able to understand that and agree. You don't want to be rude. You don't want to, you know, like if I know someone's a smart guy, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to offer them Matt Forte for Lamar Miller. I, I know I'm insulting them. They're too smart for that trade. And we will get into how to trade with smart people later in the series. But the first offer to someone you don't know should definitely be heavily in your favor in one regard or another. And, the reason being that they might take it. I've made trade offers where I thought, boy, you know, I'm hoping to start a dialogue, a conversation. I'm putting something out there. Um, and they take it. And you go, all right, well, all right, on to the next trade. So the ins and outs of making a first offer is in the beginning – you want to try and make a, you know, an offer that's really good for you. You can. This is the hardest part because sometimes people will get offended, and that'll end the conversation. But again, hopefully that's where your social game comes in, and you could come back to them and say you're talking to them on instant message. You're not just sending something via an email. And you could say, all right, well, I thought you liked so-and-so. What do you think would be, you know, that's a, that's a great tool. Ask them, well, what do you think would be fair? Let them come back with what they think is fair. And then you can negotiate from there. But definitely never put your best uh, offer on the table first. So that is uh, a little bit about it. You, if you feel comfortable and you're only emailing it, you could say, Hey, I, I heard. I, th I think you like this guy. Here's an offer to consider. You know, hit me up on DM and we can talk about it some more and hammer out the final details. And you know, you want to try and take the blow out of it if you think someone might get offended. But um, definitely, there's no reason in the world to make a, 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 a your best offer out of the gate. Excuse me, one second. 
All right. That leads me to the golden rule of trading. And you would think that I would have started with this, but I wanted this to be more towards the end of the podcast. The golden rule of trading is the first thing that I learned about trading. And often I, I hear people say, oh, that seems like a fair deal. That, you know, that seems, what do you think of that deal? It's, it's pretty even, right? Well, when I first started in fantasy football, and I wish I could remember who, where I read this, but on one of the early websites, it might have been the Guru Report, <clears throat> they said, trading, okay, what are you trying to accomplish? Well, you're trying to win the trade. You're trying to, you know, you should be actively trying to win every trade. Think of it this way. If I offer you a dollar and you offer me a dollar, why are we trading? If you're offering me a dollar one and I'm offering you a dollar, why are we trading? It, there's, you know, every once in a while there are exceptions to the rule. You have an injury. You just need to fill a spot. You've got four wide receivers. He's got three running back. I mean, you know, he's got four running backs. You need a running back. All right, let me make you a fair offer. But even then, why would you try and make an even deal if you don't have to? The golden rule of trading is win every trade. Now, you don't have to kill people in every trade, and that is something that we're going to go into in, my, um, in the lesson on multiplication, trading multipliers, making multiple trades to get you from point A to point B. That's going to be one of the key lessons as part of this series. But we're not there yet. <coughs> For now, just keep in mind that the golden rule of trading is we already discussed that you want to know what you're trying to get out of a trade, but the golden rule of trading with a few exceptions is win every trade. It doesn't matter. You don't have to win by much. If you think it's an even trade, say to them, I don't know, you know, give me a fifth round draft choice. Give me a fourth round draft choice. And, you know, a lot of times if people want something more than you do, if you're willing to walk away from the deal, if it's a, you know, because, again, if it's an even trade, why are you doing it? So you want to always try and get what I call a little bit of gravy. You know, I, I, can I, and there will be a whole lesson on can I get a side of gravy with that. But one of the keys to trading, the number one most important thing is – be firm in your mind. You're not trying to make an even trade. Why make an even trade? What does that do for you? You're trying to get better. And the only way to get better is to win the trade. Okay? Especially in football with injuries. You know, you're, you could trade for a guy who gets hurt the next minute. You know, I want to have a little bit of insurance in every trade. So that's all I'm going to say for that on right now. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit now about intro to value-based trading, and value-based trading is going to be a big lesson. But I'm, for now, just going to tell you that the most important thing, and this is the hardest, I can teach any part of this, but it all comes from having an internal clock that knows what a good deal is. You know, I can't tell you how many people... <clears throat> 
I've made deals with think they got a good deal and they didn't. And so your internal clock has to be good. And if it's not, if it's been proven in other trades that you're just not a great trader, then you all the more have to make sure you know you're winning that deal. And if you have to go to another website and look at point comps and what other websites think this guy's going to score versus that guy, you know, there's so many little things that go into value, a guy's age, a guy's situation. There's so many little ways that you can get gain an advantage by being smarter and knowing more and, and having a better sense of value than the next guy. It's very hard to teach. But at this point, I just want everyone to know that you have to have an internal scale. You have to be able to honestly, you know, again, not care about which player you're getting or not getting. Am I getting more value or am I get, getting less value than I'm, what I'm giving up is the most important thing, especially when we get to the end and I talk about using multipliers to, to win leagues. And I've done it repeatedly. It works. Um, but you, you've, you've got to be able to have a good sense of value, and you have to know when you're winning a trade and when you're not. So um, that leads me to the last thing that I want to talk about, and that has to do a lot with sportsmanship and what not to do while trading. I talked a lot about the social game. One thing that no one likes is the guy who, when you're talking trade and you turn down the deal and they start berating you, they start insulting you. Hey, this is a good trade. Why don't you like this? Why won't you take this? Don't be that guy. Time someone turns down a trade with me, I say the same thing. I understand. Thank you for talking trade with me. It's always good to talk. Never hurts to talk. You never want to be that guy who's rude, insulting, or pushy. Because the truth is, if you're going to be in the league for a long time with someone, people will shy away from you if you're perceived as being too pushy. And if you make a lot of trades, you're going to be perceived that way. A lot of times I was perceived that way, even though I was always saying, it's okay, no problem. You don't want to make the trade, no big deal. So be a good guy. This isn't life or death. If you don't get the trade you want, it's not the end of the world. There's always the opportunity to revisit it, to rethink it, and that's something else that we'll cover in um, some of the other ends of the series. So that's going to do it for the first episode of my Ultimate Guide to Fantasy Football Trading. I hope that you liked the beginning of the series. Um, the next group is going to be more about value. It's going to be more about winning. And um, I'll get the whole outline out there for everyone when uh, the time comes. If you have any ideas or anything and feedback on this episode, I would love to hear it as I always would. Um, things you want to know about trading or any questions that you might have, at Todd, T-O-D, from PA, or if you hear this podcast later on, I'm always willing to talk and chat, and I'd like this series to be what people want as well. So that's going to do it. Um, we're going to lead you out with Games People Play by Alan Parsons. 
because trading is a lot of games. Thanks for listening, folks. Have a good day. Where do we go from here? Now that all of the children are